Lecture Topic Lessons from the Family of Prophet Ibrahim, Peace be upon him. Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-lazeen as-tafa Amma ba'du fa'audhu billahi minash shaytahir rajim Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim وَلَا تُخْزِنِي يَوْمَ يُبْعَثُونَ يَوْمَ لَا يَنْفَعُ مَالٌ وَلَا بَنُونَ إِلَّا مَنْ أَتَى اللَّهَ بِقَلْبٍ سَلِيمٍ صَدَقَ اللَّهُ الْعَظِيمُ Most respected Allah, my Ikram, brothers and elders. We are in these Mubarak days, which are the days of Hajj. From the time the first of Shawwal commences, the days of Hajj starts. And mashallah the Hujjaj have already started leaving. Allah Ta'ala accept each one's Hajj. Allah Ta'ala make it a means of every khair, barakat and afiyat. And Allah Ta'ala make it a means of the khair and barakat of the Hajj reaching every single soul on earth. While the Hujjaj are the fortunate ones who will be going to Baytullah. But for us to still take the lessons that are from the life of Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, Ismail alayhi salatu wasalam, because everything around Hajj revolves around these great personalities. And the many, many lessons that we take from Hajj are lessons that we take from their lives. Likewise, the very great ibadat of Qurbani that is also in the same time. So much of the inspiration that we take out of the ibadat of Qurbani is something that we take out of their lives. The lessons that they left behind, their legacy. So among the many lessons about Ibrahim is in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala has mentioned many of his du'as. There are so many different du'as that Ibrahim which he made, which Allah Ta'ala has mentioned in the Quran Sharif. So Allah Ta'ala's hikmat, who can fathom the reality of it? But the one very clear lesson in this is that Allah Ta'ala has narrated or mentioned these du'as rather is so that we will take a lesson from it and we will make these du'as. And the du'as are not just confined to the aspect of the du'a itself only, that is obviously a very fundamental part of it, that these are things to be asked, and it gives us lesson to, of what to ask also. But together with that, the very message in it, that one is the du'a and what to beg from Allah Ta'ala, but in every du'a is a very deep message as well. So now among the many du'as of Ibrahim that are mentioned in the Quran Sharif, one du'a that is mentioned in Surah Al-Shu'ara. Ibrahim was now debating with his people, trying to make them understand, trying to make them recognize Allah Ta'ala, and making them understand the folly of what they are involved in, the idol worship, and all the other evils that they were caught in. So he tried to reason with them, make them understand. 
But in that discussion, having tried to bring to them the reality, what is Tawheed all about? And who is Allah wa ta'ala? Then he turns to Allah ta'ala in dua. So there's much detail in the ayat, but now to just get to the point that we want to discuss. He then turns to Allah ta'ala in dua. وَلَا تُخْزِنِي يَوْمَ جُبْعَثُونَ Some du'as before it as well. رَبِّ هَبْلِي حُكْمًا وَأَلْحِقْنِي بِالصَّالِحِينَ Allah bless me with wisdom. Wisdom just to be known to be wise so that I can maybe make more money in dunya. That's the wisdom we look for. Ibrahim is teaching us about a wisdom beyond this material world. That wisdom which enables us to be wise enough to make the right choices for our eternal life. To make the right choices, that wisdom which enables us to recognize Allah Ta'ala. That saves us from things that will harm our dunya and akhirat. Otherwise, sometimes a person is very wise in terms of dunya. He can understand international politics also. And he can present solutions for the whole political landscape of the world but that wisdom is not good enough and cannot still drive us to understand that sin is our biggest problem that the greatest calamity that we bring upon ourselves is the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. that wisdom falls far short of that which is the most fundamental aspect to understand that everything that we want every good we want is solely confined to the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. All the problems and hardships comes as a result of the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. The person's wisdom, mashallah, makes him a wizard in terms of dunya, but he falls far short in terms of this most fundamental and important reality. So in any case, Rabbi Habli Salihin, Ya Allah, join me with the pious. Who's asking? Who's making this dua? Khalilullah, the friend of Allah Ta'ala, that personality. <coughs> oh, Nabiya Kareem Salaam is commanded in the Quran Sharif وَاتَّبِعْ مِلَّةَ إِبْرَاهِيمَ Hanifa. You also follow in the footsteps of Ibrahim in terms of that he set the stage for the high levels of Tawheed Nabiya Kareem Salaam surpassed everyone but as a just as a direction Allah Ta'ala says even you follow this path of Ibrahim and now he is making dua وَالْحِقْنِي بِالصَّالِحِينَ Ya Allah, you join me with the pious. So now, what a lesson to take from this. If we want this direction in life, we want to be guided to Allah Taala. we want to know how to get safely to the akhirat, we don't want to fall in all the evils and vices that will derail us, then the method and the prescription for that is, what Ibrahim is teaching us in this dua, have we made this dua any time in our lives? We've made dua for one more branch to open out. We've made dua for the whatever figures are happening to double up. Whatever dunya also to make dua, Rabbana atina fit dunya hasana. Allah grant us the good of dunya. That which becomes truly good for us. And not forgetting wafil akhirati hasana. Allah grant us the good of akhirat as well. Because that is the eternal life. This is a very temporary place. So no harm in asking for our needs of dunya as well. But have we even asked about this? Ya Allah, I need to have the company of righteous and pious people. وَالْحِقْنِي بِالصَّالِحِينَ How often we have made this dua? This is a dua to make daily. 
join us with the righteous. So in any case, these are also some du'as, this was not the intended discussion, but nevertheless coming to what we meant to discuss, further down Ibrahim Islam is now turning to du'a, and he says, وَلَا تُخْزِنِي يَوْمَ يُبْعَثُونَ يَوْمَ لَا يَنْفَعُ مَالُ وَلَا بَنُونَ إِلَّا مَنْ أَتَى اللَّهَ بِقَلْبٍ سَلِيمٍ Ya Allah, don't disgrace me on the day when people will be resurrected. Now who's asking again this? Not any ordinary personality, a Nabi of Allah Taala. And every Nabi of Allah Taala is masoom, he's sinless. There is no disgrace for him. But to the extent a person gets closer to Allah Ta'ala, that is the extent of his concern. And that is how afraid he is of ever overstepping the mark. Though the Ambiya can never overstep the mark. They are masoom and sinless. But that is the effect of the closeness to Allah Ta'ala, that regardless of the fact that he, the person has been told you are totally sinless, you are forgiven, but he is still concerned. Now what about us? And how should our reaction to be, should be? So to the extent that a person is truly close to Allah Ta'ala, he is concerned. And to the extent that a person is far away, that concern dies away also. Then that care, that worry, that concern, how am I going to fail in the akhirat? That becomes the furthest thing from his mind. All he's worried about is, how am I going to double up dunya? And how I'm going to try to enjoy the leisures and pleasures of dunya. And where I'm going to go for the next holiday. And what other luxuries and comforts I'm going to buy. And when I'm going to update and upgrade this dunya of mine. That becomes his be all and end all of his existence in dunya. But when a person is closer to Allah Ta'ala, he's concerned about his akhirat. More than his dunya. His dunya to the extent of his stay in dunya. Person asked Luqman for some advice or his father gave him advice that, or he gave his son advice rather that you be concerned about your dunya to the extent of your stay in dunya and be concerned about your akhirat to the extent of your stay in the akhirat now the dunya is a very very temporary place and akhirat is perpetual now the proportion and the balance this should be the balance how long is the stay in dunya that's how much of concern in dunya as compared to the stay in akhirat. In any case, now the person who has this concern that how am I going to fail in akhirat, he's going to do something about it. Ibrahim wasalam, is now making dua to Allah Ta'ala, Wala tukhzini yawma yub'atun. Ya Allah, don't disgrace me on the day of Qiyamah, the day when the entire makhluk will be resurrected. On the day when all the people I was hiding away from in dunya, and doing things quietly behind their backs or ducking and diving or blocking things away from them behind passwords and behind all kinds of things but they also will all be present and whatever is now whatever was hidden and not forgiven I didn't make any toba from it Allah forbid all that will now be opened out in front of everyone one's parents, one's children in front of the wife, in front of the husband in front of anyone and everyone Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us from the disgrace of that day and save us from the disgrace of dunya and akhirat. But the lesson for that we have been given is that we want to be saved from that disgrace, we have to take the right path now. 
Ibrahim is giving us that message that Ya Allah save me wala tukhzini yawma yub'asun Don't disgrace me on the day when the entire creation will be resurrected All humanity will be resurrected Which day? Yawma la yanfa'u ma'lu wala bunun That day when nobody's wealth and nobody's children will be of any avail to him Now there are many many details of this but just to take it one point further it says يَوْمَ لَا يَنْفَعُ مَالُ وَلَا بَنُونَ إِلَّا مَنْ أَتَ اللَّهَ بِقَلْبٍ سَلِيمٍ Except that person who comes with a clean and pure heart. Person who comes with قَلْبُ السَّلِيمٍ A clean and a pure heart. He will be the person who will benefit on the day of Qiyamah. And he will be the person who will succeed. He will be the person who will pass. And otherwise the person comes without this qalbus salim, this pure and clean heart, then he's in great problems. Now one is that he comes, Allah forbid somebody comes with that level of dirt in the heart. Because we're talking about a pure, pure and clean heart. So the heart that is not pure and clean, that heart has dirt in it. Now what is the level of the dirt? Now one is the worst kind of filth in the heart. The worst kind of filth in the heart is the filth of kufr, of shirk, of nifaq. That is the worst kind of filth in the heart. That is the worst oppression on earth. In the shirk al-hulmun azim, shirk is the worst oppression on earth. That filth a person comes with in this, out of this dunya he leaves and he reaches the akhirat with kufr and shirk in his heart. Then Allah forbid there is no salvation for him. That dirt will then take him perpetually to Jahannam, Allah forbid Allah save us. So that person, no matter what he did with his wealth in dunya, no matter how well he spent it in charitable avenues, but if he left this world, Allah forbid Allah save us, the person left this world with kufr and shirk and nifaq, then that wealth also will be of no avail to him in the akhirat. He might have spent it in anything in dunya in terms of good also, but it will bring no benefit for him in Akhirat. A person's children, no matter how close they were to him in dunya, how well he treated them, what he did for them, but if he left this world without Iman, he left this world with the filth of kufr and shirk and nifaq in his heart, they too will not be able to intercede. They could have become the greatest awliya on earth. Those children could have become the most pious of children on earth and left this world with the best of Iman, but they too will not be of any avail to him on the day of Qiyamah if he himself left with a heart filled with the dirt of kufr and shirk and nifaq. Now this is the most fundamental aspect of purifying the heart that it must become purified from kufr, from shirk and nifaq. Otherwise, there is no jannah for such a person. He is perpetually doomed to jannah. So this is the message Ibrahim is giving us. That you want to be saved in the akhirat, then the heart must be clean. يَوْمَ لَا يَنْفَعُ مَالُ وَلَا بَنُونَ إِلَّا مَنْ أَتَ اللَّهَ بِقَلْبٍ سَلِيمٍ So now, the tafsir of qalb al-salim, so one tafsir is already this, that a person whose heart is clean of all aqaidu al-batila, الَّذِينَ يَكُونُ قَلْبُهُ خَالِيًا عَنِ الْأَقَائِدِ الْبَاطِلَ Whose heart has correct iman in it. He doesn't have any batil aqidah, any wrong belief. For example, among the 
things that are now being pushed down the throats of people in this time and age and because of lack of knowledge, because of ignorance, because of not taking the time and effort to learn what is Iman all about, to learn what is the correct deen, what are the correct aqaid, there's something to learn, not just to take it for granted. So now people listen to something somewhere, read something which is now presented in a captivating way, so now this seems right. So now all kinds of fancy talk that all rivers lead to the ocean, no matter what you're believing and how you're conducting yourself, as long as you finally have belief in a creator, you'll also get to the end point, you'll also get to paradise. So then what's the need for Tawheed then? What's the need for Risalat and following Nabi Karim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? What did he go undergo all the difficulties and hardships for? What is the Quran Sharif all about then? And what is all the aspects of deen that Allah and His Rasul has presented to us? If everything leads to the same point, what was the need for all this? Why did the Sahaba then sacrifice their lives? Why did Nabi Karim Sallallahu undergo so much of persecution and still, still proclaim the oneness of Allah wa Ta'ala and invite everybody to deen? We have to now have very clear understanding of all this. Otherwise Allah forbid that Iman gets lost then there's perpetual doom in Jahannam. So the first thing is Iman and the heart being clean of all Batil Aqidah. So all these kind of falsehood and deviation you have to be very very careful about it. Don't just pick up anything and read anything and listen to anything because people with all kinds of agenda are putting out great amount of falsehood out there but in a very captivating manner, in a very glossy finish and a person doesn't know better, he's just taking it wholesale. So now this is the one first important and most fundamental tafsir of Qalbus Salim, this pure heart, that this heart is clean and pure from kufr, from shirk, from nifaq. Then the second level beyond this, the tafsir of Qalbus Salim, alladhi يَكُونُ قَلْبُهُ خَالِيًا أَنْ غَلَبَتِ الشَّهَوَاتِ That his heart is not overcome by all his passions and desires. One is Allah Ta'ala has created natural feelings in a person, this part of his human nature. He has desires within him. This is part of the wisdom of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala created this in insan. But at the same time Allah Ta'ala provided him with the means to keep this within control. Allah Ta'ala provided him with something called Haya. Allah Ta'ala provided him with sabr. But he goes along and loses it on the way. Then he is to blame. Person sent his son somewhere and he gave him all the needs that he would require. You go overseas now to go and whatever work and study and so on. And then he provided him with all the things that he would require. Gave him his money, gave him other things. But he lost it on the way. He went and threw it somewhere. And now when he goes, he got nothing to survive on, so who he blames? So he's to blame himself. Likewise, Allah Ta'ala blessed us with all these natural qualities. Haya is something inborn. This modesty, shame, none of these words can do justice to the meaning of haya. But that inborn quality of restraint. That this is not good, this is incorrect, this is bad, this is immoral, this is some sin, this is a vice. I cannot get close to this. This is something that's shameless. So there's an inborn restraint, something that holds a person back. I shouldn't be talking in this manner. I cannot go close to this kind of behavior. 
But now the person keeps exposing himself to shamelessness, keeps exposing himself to the wrong environment, to the wrong kind of company, which gradually erodes this, keeps eroding it. Person takes metal and goes, leaves it on the seashore, gradually it erodes. It was shiny before that, could see his face in it. Now he touches it, it'll get cut because it's so badly rusted. So now he put it there on the seashore with all that salty water all the time coming onto it and all the moisture falling onto it, it eroded it. Likewise, a person puts himself in environments, in places, in such company that erodes haya, that erodes all the imani qualities, then what's going to get left? Everything the opposite will get left. That haya is gone, shame is gone, then shamelessness takes its place. And that morality is gone, immorality sits in. Then the person's talk is immoral, his eyes only look for immoral immorality, his ears are only thirsty for some immoral talk, and then his tongue also talks similarly, and his heart is only cooking up all vice and sin, and all kinds of immorality and shamelessness. Now this is something, the result of what he's done. He's put himself, exposed himself to all this vice and immorality and shamelessness. So the first thing is that the Iman must be correct. Then the second level of this purity of the heart, that the heart is not overcome by these desires and these shahawat. So he keeps it in control to the point that Sharia is allowed. And if he doesn't have a halal avenue of belief, of conducting himself in a way that Sharia is allowed, then he makes summer. He keeps his gaze low, doesn't look at first and vice. He doesn't get himself into environments of evil. So now this is the second level of purity. Otherwise, that heart is going to be dirty, it's going to be soiled, it's going to get involved in evil, it's going to get involved in sin. And then gradually the person's heart becomes, the nature becomes distorted. Like that metal now before, it was shiny, it's so to say nature was that it gives off such a bright shine. Somebody comes along, you can see his face in it, and it attacks so nicely. But then if he left it on the seashore, then the very nature of it changes over time. Now it becomes ugly, it becomes dirty, becomes so rusty. Person touches it, he'll get cut, and all the whole nature of it changes. Likewise, the nature of the heart changes. The very nature of the heart becomes sinful, and the heart is king. So now the heart became sinful, the eyes become sinful. Now the eyes only look for sin. And the ears become sinful. It's only looking for sin because the heart is king. It controls all the organs. Then the hands and feet become sinful. It only goes in direction of sin. And everything becomes sinful. So now the shahawad, the heart has to be kept clean from this. Meaning that when the heart starts becoming overcome by this, that's a big problem. And Allah forbid it destroy his dunya and he goes in the akhirat in this manner then this is going to become a problem if he left with iman he'll certainly go to jannat one day but this can become a big barrier from the direct entry into jannat and he might have to end up through the cleansing process of jahannam so he wants a direct entry into jannat then together with being clean and pure from kufr and shirk and nifaq, he has to keep his heart clean from sin, from all kinds of vice and evil. Keep his heart in the obedience of Allah Taala. 
keep his heart in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. Then inshallah this heart will take him, now it will control all the limbs and organs. This heart now will keep the gaze low from looking at haram. This heart will protect the fingers from pressing buttons of haram. And taking him to all kinds of haram sites. And this heart will now keep his hands from touching things that are haram. And keep his legs from walking towards the haram dens. And the places of zina and gambling. And the place of all other kinds of vices and sin. And the heart will keep him away. And keep all the limbs and organs away from what Allah is displeased. And then the third tafsir of this is one beyond this. Which is a level which we may find very high for us. But something to dream about. Someday Allah will take us as well. الَّذِي يَكُونُ قَلْبُهُ خَالِيًا أَمَّا سِوَ اللَّهِ That person whose heart is free from every غير Allah, anything and everything besides Allah, his heart is free of it. This is the maqam and the position and level of the very great awliya of Allah Taala. That they as a result of this become among the awliya al-muqarrabin, the very close servants of Allah Taala who get the very high stages of Jannah. But if a person continues making an effort, Allah will take him someday there too. But the point is that the minimum we cannot compromise on. Yes, we will try to aspire for more. But the bare minimum, the first two levels that we cannot compromise on. That the heart has to be clean of kufr, shirk and nifaq. And then clean of... If somebody's child suddenly one day says, I'm not going to work anymore, I'm not going to study anymore, I'm not going to school, I'm not going to be coming back to the shop. Then everybody in the whole world will turn around to try and get him to come to his senses. But in terms of his...